Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Montecito, California. Today, before we begin, I do want to remind you that there is a website associated with this podcast. It's called wealthformula.com, where there is a wealth of information about personal finance, free books, webinars, all that stuff. And then you can get on a bunch of useful lists too, like uh, like the list to get uh, onto our accredited investor list. Uh, if you are an accredited investor and you want to join what we call Investor Club and you're uh, you know, interested in potentially deploying capital uh, that is uh, otherwise sitting on the sidelines, uh, join the Investor Club at WealthFormula.com. Also, if you're interested in joining our private community, make sure to consider Wealth Formula Network. This is a basically a, a network of individuals online, but it starts out with a course, a course with a bunch of people you probably know, like you know me and, and Tom Wheelwright and Kim McElroy and talking about the basics of personal finance. Then we kind of shift in after the course into the community, which involves a Facebook group and, uh, of course, our biweekly Zoom video calls. And this is the uh, this is probably the most exciting part for people after they've gotten a chance to get their background uh, knowledge to really take it to the next level. Anyway, you can learn more about that at WealthFormulaRoadmap.com. Now, as for uh, today, I want to talk to you a little bit about what I might call potentially the next crypto revolution, the next way to potentially make ridiculous amounts of money for no apparent reason other than being in the right place at the right time, catching a wave going up, and hopefully it doesn't go back down. But, you know, you can look at this kind of stuff and say, yeah, it's not my thing, and, you know, it doesn't seem real. I mean, I still remember listening to Peter Schiff and the Peter Schiff podcast. You know, it was about seven years ago. I still lived in Chicago. It was at the tail end of my, what I would call my Austrian economic phase, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's almost like a teenager phase for me in that sense for my personal financial life. But my Austrian economic phase, I still believed in everything uh, that Peter said was true, you know, gold and the economy is always doomed, et cetera. And I was sitting there at my computer listening to Peter one, one day, I remember, and he was making fun of something called Bitcoin, right? And he was making fun of it. Uh, it was making some waves at the time. It was making some news. It was, you know, it was like 300 bucks. Um, and, 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 you know, it was like on one of those up 
ticks for Bitcoin and it, people got super excited about it. But he made it sound so completely ridiculous that I, I never took it seriously. Even when I heard others speak of it favorably, I just ignored them. And I thought, well, you're just financially unsophisticated. What do you know? Now, don't get me wrong. This is not actually a knock at Peter Schiff. He's a very smart guy, and I don't blame him for sticking to his guns. He believes in something, you know, very, I mean, almost like religion for him to be like, you know, uh, about the whole Austrian uh, economic thing. Peter still thinks Bitcoin's going to go to zero. I mean, that's what he says. I mean, I don't know if he truly in his heart thinks that that's going to happen, but I know he thinks it should. The mistake that was made was not his, was mine, because, listen, there was this buzz, right? And this thing in Bitcoin that was uh, 300 bucks at the time. Now now it's like, you know, 37,000, I think, as of the time of this podcast, at least. It's gone up to over 60,000. Um, and I actually think it's going to go to 250,000 over the next five years. And I think that's a conservative estimate in my view. In fact, you know, if I had been more open to it at that time, I would have noticed that a lot of very smart people were actually making calculated bets on this that they felt like, you know, maybe you're not betting the farm, but you're, you're, you're making some pretty... Uh, significant at that time, what were, would be considered asymmetric bets. And uh, if I'd listened to them, I, I probably would have, you know, I probably would have taken it more seriously, but I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Now, of course, I got into cryptocurrency in 2017. So I still got it before most people, but not, you know, 2014, 15, when I was, you know, first hearing about this stuff. Um, so for me, that's kind of a mistake. It was a mistake because I let what you know one person ultimately said about it so influence me that I didn't get involved and you know enjoy 100x on my money. You know, even if I'd got in there for a little bit, a small amount, it would have turned out to be a lot, and uh, that didn't happen in Bitcoin. So I consider that a little bit of a mistake again because I wasn't open to it and. Uh, on that end, though, oh, any mistake, especially since, you know, I, I'm in the personal finance space, investment mistakes for me, they happen. Of course they happen. You know, I'm, I am uh, not invincible. But what I, one of those things that I will tell you that makes me a little bit different from others is I really, really try to make sure that when I make a mistake, I understand what the mistake was and I try to learn something from it. Okay, so what was one of those lessons that I learned back then? Well, it's actually really simple. Pay attention when people get excited about stuff and when there's buzz about something new, different. Because it's not always just a little fad. Sometimes it could turn into, you know, blockchain. Sometimes it could turn into Bitcoin. Sometimes it could turn into the internet, which I still remember seeing like, you know, some, uh, I don't know, it was like some article in the you know, Washington Post um, back in the 90s talking about how the whole internet thing was a big fad. Anyway, I guess not. So what is that buzz right now? Well, the buzz right now is in something called non-fungible tokens, NFTs, as uh, the kids say. And this is a phenomena related to distributed ledgers and cryptocurrency and many are calling uh, the NFT and metaverse 
technology, and um, I mean, I guess they're assets too, the next horizon in cryptocurrency, and it, you know, it's still really in its infancy where, you know, there's, you, you, you potentially are getting in at something relatively early. Uh, now, if you don't get it, if you don't understand NFTs, you're not alone. By the way, you should go back and listen to Ask Buck shows to get a little bit of my take on NFTs. Uh, but this is an unusual area that it's uh, somewhat difficult to understand for some of us old fogies. But that's the reason you should be paying attention. After all, for those of you who now are sold on Bitcoin, remember the time when you didn't understand it and when you first heard about it? You might have been like me, which just sounds kind of silly. Anyway, bottom line is there's real potential here to make money. I'm convinced of it, but I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in this area, and I kind of wish I was because I think it's a place where people are going to make a lot of money. I did find an expert, though, and uh, that, is, uh, that is who we're going to talk to about NFTs when we come back after these messages. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession-resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is Matt Fortnow. Now, Matt is an entrepreneur. He's a producer, a lawyer, writer. He's a tech expert, and he's been involved in creating the official NFTs for iconic brands such as the Three Stooges. He's the author of the NFT Handbook, How to Create, Sell, and Buy Non-Fungible Tokens. Matt, welcome to Wealth Formula Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Matt, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, this is a very timely podcast. Of course, it is an interesting time because we, um, until very recently, obviously, we were just seeing uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin values going up and up and up. And so, just like in 2017, it got everybody's attention, and then now we're, you know, maybe we're kind of in a little cycle here. But in the meantime, one of the things that has really come up in this cycle is the concept of NFTs, and everybody's talking about NFTs. Now, why don't we start with something very basic? How, do you, how would you describe NFTs to a group of doctors, other kinds of professionals and business owners who have no idea what, what they are? Okay, think of an NFT as a digital collectible on the blockchain. Now, uh, we should go a little deeper into what the blockchain is. The blockchain is the technology that's the foundation of all cryptocurrencies. 
So you could think of it as an NFT, like a cryptocurrency, whereas Bitcoin has about uh, 18 some odd million coins in circulation. An NFT has a supply of just one. So that's what makes it unique. And that's where the NF comes from, the non-fungible. So whereas dollars are fungible, I can exchange a five for five ones. Uh, NFTs are non-fungible like diamonds. Each one is unique with respect to color, cut, clarity, and size, etc. So the blockchain also verifies the author of the, the creator of the NFT and its uh, scarcity on the blockchain and also the NFT's provenance, the list of owners from the original creator to the current owner. It's all visible and transparent on the blockchain. What kinds of things, let's talk about like, um, you know, the, the, the types of things that currently are very popular creations uh, on the blockchain as NFTs. Well, certainly digital art and digital collectibles are very popular. There's also digital land, of digital, which is digital real estate in the virtual worlds, the metaverses, uh, in-game items. So an item that to use in a video game. Uh, is a popular NFT. NFTs can also be made uh, uh, ENS domain names. And you know, there's several other functions and utilities for NFTs as well. Let me ask you this. This is, a, the, you know, we, we, I have tried uh, to kind of get, wrap my arms around NFTs for some time. And I get it when it comes to, you know, like gamers who are on uh, you know, they're, they're spending half their day or, you know, most of their day in, you know, online and they want a sword that looks really cool and they get, you know, you know, they get something online for that or, you know, other types of situations where people are spending an enormous amount of time online where something actually, uh, you know, they, there may be less of a distinction between the virtual world and, and the real world. But when it comes to things like, um, you know, art, like who's, who's collect, is it, is it just a generational thing at this point? Like, I mean, if you have art, I mean, people often like to show art or they collect cars. They like to have the physical thing. Who, who, who are these appealing to demographic wise? Well, demographic wise, it's people who are into cryptocurrencies generally. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of cryptocurrency whales out there that have invested in NFT art. And uh, the great advantage of, of NFT art is, whereas in the past, uh, any digital file, like, uh, like an image, for example, you could just transfer around the internet, you can email it, you can post it on social media, and there's, there's really no way to monetize any digital art. But with an NFT, the NFT can, uh, can guarantee that the certain owner is the this person who created the art is the actual creator just by looking up on the blockchain. So you can cr actually create now an original digital piece of artwork that can't be copied. So of course you can actually copy the actual digital file, but the NFT itself cannot be copied the same way you cannot copy a, a Bitcoin. And I mean, what's the value of that? Do you, you know, if you have a digital art, uh, you just, you know, it's a is it a way to just protect intellectual property the same way a copyright or, or something like that would be? 
No, the value of digital art, say the value of Picasso painting could be millions or, or tens of millions of dollars because he's an established artist. So similarly, uh, one of the most popular artists is an uh, NFT artist is Beeple. And he established himself as a digital artist for over 10 years. Uh, he's been making digital art every day and has built a community. And it never really intended to monetize on his digital art but when the NFT technology became available, it was an opportunity for him to monetize that. And because of the community he's built up and his reputation, that's what gives the value to his art. And in one of his pieces, his first 5,000 every day's uh, collage sold for $69 million. Wow, that's amazing. And then when you have, when you have access to that NFT... Is it just the, that you own it? I mean, is there a way to express that you own it? I mean, I mean I'm just yeah, trying to so understand. There, yeah. There's various ways to express how you own your NFT. So first, people can go to your OpenSea profile. Now, OpenSea is the largest marketplace, which is on the Ethereum network, and you can go to anyone's profile and see what NFTs they have there. There are other uh, places where you can uh, display your NFTs. Uh, a lot of people are building... Uh, museums and galleries in the metaverse to display their NFTs. And there's also screens, you know, large screens in your house. You can display your, your, your NFTs as well. Um, you mentioned metaverse because ultimately that's what this is about, right? It's about a, a universe that's, um, you know, in the, in this virtual world for those people who have heard that word thrown around metaverse, um, now that we know what an NFT is, can you tell tell us a little bit more exactly how metaverse, what metaverse is? Uh, you know, you know how popular is it already, and where is it headed? Okay, the metaverse. I mean, the word metaverse the term is really thrown around a lot, but it's not technically used accurately. Uh, the metaverse technically is one unified virtual world. And right now we have a bunch of different virtual worlds, each of one, each of which is calling itself its own metaverse, but they're all not unified at this point. Uh, Univart world, if you think of the, the book Ready Player One, uh, the oasis where everybody interacts with, within, uh, within the metaverse there. But each metaverse, like for example, Axie Infinity is a metaverse, which is also uh, what's called a play to earn game where you can play and earn crypto and NFTs while playing. So the, uh, the metaverse are really just virtual worlds. Uh, they're better experienced with the head, uh, three virtual reality uh, headset, but not necessary. So you mentioned right now they're not, you know, it's thrown around. There's multiple sort of uh, metaverse. Is that uh, itself sort of a, um, you know, like when you think about cryptocurrencies now and, and various protocols, uh, you know, you've got some that are more popular than others. You know, obviously you got your Bitcoin, Ethereum and Solana and, and, and all that. Is there... Uh, is there a competition right now amongst the different metaverses where these NFTs go? Sure. I mean, Axie Infinity, I mean, 2 million people uh, are, playing, are playing Axie Infinity. That's very popular. It's, it's a game. Uh, right? okay. that's, that's a game. It's also metaverse. Uh, the Sandbox is popular. Decentraland is popular. And these mm -hmm. virtual real estate prices in, in the metaverse have, have just been booming. It's been like a real estate boom in the metaverse for example i mean snoop dogg recently bought a plot 
uh, in one of the metaverses, and then you know people have started buying the land contiguous to his plot. The prices have have skyrocketed. That's fascinating stuff. Okay, so let me ask you this. So let's let's go to some of the technical aspect of this because with the NFTs, the different types of uh, protocols that they're built on, does it even matter? I mean, I know right now we've got a lot of uh, you know most NFT, NFTs are probably still built on Ethereum, but you know. There's other protocols. Does it matter how much of that, you know, is transferable from one protocol to another, et cetera? Does it make a difference? Is there, uh, uh, are some types of NFTs more valuable than the other based on the protocols, underlying protocols? Right. So the Ethereum is the most popular NFT uh, blockchain. Now, the issue with Ethereum right now are the are the gas fees. Right. You, may, you may have heard that term. The gas fees are the transaction fees. Anytime you want to mint an NFT or transfer an NFT or buy or sell an NFT, there's, there's, a, there's a gas fee. And those gas fees have been very high because of the popularity and, and the congestion on the Ethereum network. Now, Solana is a separate blockchain, which is proof of stake, which is a different way of determining uh, the validators for the transactions. Much, uh, much less uh, energy required for proof of, proof of stake. Uh, additionally, the gas fees are, are minimal on the Solana blockchain. So Solana is up and coming, although Ethereum 2.0 is supposed to be coming out sometime in the relatively near future, which will be changing Ethereum from proof of work to proof of stake and also significantly reducing the gas fees there as well. Yeah. Does it make a difference? I mean, from the NFT standpoint, I mean, if, is there, well, it, I mean, yeah. it does make a difference because I mean, OpenSea, the most popular marketplace is the place where, I mean, millions and millions of NFTs are sold and people have their collections there. So you, the collections, I mean, at this point, it's, you can't really transfer NFTs from one blockchain to another. So you, you would have your Solana c- collection and, and you're separate from your Ethereum based collection. So there would be in theoretically, they would, they, they'd be in different metaverse uh, ecosystems. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. You could you could say it like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let me ask you, uh, you know, obviously in terms of this show, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're in, uh, there's a bunch of investors here and, you hear about NFTs and, and how this is, um, you know, maybe we don't understand it well, but, you know, nobody understood uh, the internet before internet was everywhere. Um, and trying to understand, like, how do you get exposure to this market? How do you learn about it if you're an investor? Like, what types of things would you recommend people do um, uh, as learning resources and maybe you know, to, to dip their feet into investments in this space. Okay. I mean, I mean, first thing I, I would recommend is to, is to read my book because it's a complete step-by-step guide of how to create your NFTs, sell NFTs and buy and collect NFTs. And again, that's uh, the NFT handbook, how to create, sell and buy non-fungible tokens available everywhere. I assume like Amazon. And yeah. Like, Amazon is on audible. If mm-hmm. you just like to listen so uh, in addition to that, I would spend a, a lot of time in Discord. Discord is mm-hmm. a, a popular uh, community chat app where each NFT project has its, has its own server and channels where you can ask questions and learn about the various projects. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you know the crypto is very volatile. Now, it's, it's been down the past few weeks. 
and uh, you know maybe turning around at this point but uh, also at that at the same time the nfts have retained their value through all through all this volatility and and drops i mean there's been a lot of huge drops just within the past week ozzy osborne dropped his crypto bats there's a huge drop uh, the alpha kongs uh, additionally uh the the, the nut boys they had a huge drop uh this past week so these these nft drops uh these what's what's known as generative nft drops are are great ways to invest uh the only thing is to try to find the right projects because a lot of the projects don't take off uh there's a lot of people there's a lot of sniping that's going on as well uh if if you if you like the short-term trades uh, i'm more of a long-term holder and it's just you know, analyzing which projects would be the ones to get into. Uh, the way I do that, uh, I spend a lot of time in the Discord. I see the the size of Discord, the Discord activity, the responsiveness of, of the mods. Uh, additionally, you want to see like who's involved in the project. Like for example, the Inbetweeners project. You, you know, Justin Bieber uh, is heavily involved in that project. So see what what celebrities are involved in projects. See who the whales you know, what they're following, what they're investing in. Mm-hmm. So who are the, uh, um, where do you buy these? Where do you buy NFTs? I mean, okay. So the NFTs, I mean, you can, you can just search on, on OpenSea for these collections and, and you can buy the NFTs that are up for sale. Uh, additionally, uh, if you want to get in the, in on the very beginning, you want to get in on the mint of these, of these projects. And that's, usually done on a separate website, the official minting site of these projects. And to even get in earlier at a better price, uh, you want to get on the whitelist for these for these major projects. Uh, however, there's a lot of hurdles to jump through to get on the whitelist, such as, for example, inviting a certain number of people to the Discord server and leveling up to a certain level on the Discord server, which shows your participation in that server. So that that could be time consuming. But even if you're not on the whitelist, getting in on the initial drop uh, is a good way to to grab a good price. Help us understand, like right now, like this is pretty early. I mean, early enough where, you know, not every, not, you know, people know what NFTs are and they've heard people talk about metaverse, but I would say that, you know, a majority of, of people who are like me, uh, you know, Gen Xers, most of us don't really have a very good concept of this and where it's headed. Tell us, you know, what's the vision? I think that, you know, uh, that the people who believe in, you know, these NFTs were investing in them in the metaverse, um, say 10 years from now, like what, what are we looking at? What kind of world is that? Okay, so with the metaverse, I just say there's still a lot of opportunities to purchase land in these in these metaverses. I mean, the people are still like you're saying this is still we're still at the beginning. Even though prices have risen dramatically, we're still in the beginning stages, and there's a, there's a lot of room for growth. Now, where where I see the future of NFTs going is the utility that the NFTs can provide. So so a lot of these NFTs. Projects they provide access, for example, like Gary Vaynerchuk's V Friends NFTs provide access uh, to Gary himself and, and other events that uh, that Gary has. But uh, even beyond that, uh, you, NFTs that can provide utility, like 
like it seems like currently the the nft craze is similar to the beginning uh crypto craze with all the icos in 2017 and also the beginning like internet craze all you had to say was dot com and, and people would invest in it but it's the real utility that has a long lasting value so for example uh, a potential utility that nft could provide is uh in the future i believe all uh, event tickets for example mm-hmm. to a concert show a uh, sporting event ticket would be an nft and and the advantage that provides is that uh, a lot of these shows and sporting events there's scalpers buy up huge blocks of yeah. tickets and resell them multiple times the value and the the event promoter or the sports league they don't share in that uh, increased value and you know people have less opportunity uh to get these tickets whereas if the tickets were an nft there would be an efficient market where everybody has a chance to to bid and and purchase uh these aftermarket uh tickets which would be nfts and additionally the uh concert promoter or the sports league could participate in in a percentage of the resales of those nfts Mm -hmm. and on top of that you have a a collectible like a souvenir from the game uh your nft that you were there and say for example something historic happens at the game then uh, that nft may even have some value going forward right ends up in the hall of fame right right that's right um what so um you know, and that and that kind of brings me to the question of how do you see, you know, the NFT world, the distributed world, I guess, um, interacting with major corporations? And is it, it's a little hard to understand for me because NFTs, when I think of NFTs and cryptocurrency, I think of distributed ledgers, not corporate America. I think about, um, you know, a lot of the people owning uh you know, and, and with NFTs, of course, you own the one thing. So, you know, in those situations, you would need like you would need corporate, you need partnerships with corporate America. And fundamentally, is that I mean, is that where this is headed? Well, I mean, some corporations that like uh, like Adidas is is getting into the game with with NFTs, and certainly uh, the NBA as is really raking it in with their NBA Top Shot collectible nfts so a lot of a lot of the corporations mm-hmm. now are, are looking at nfts more as branding community building yeah as more of a, a, as a marketing play but as, you know there's still a lot of technology especially with with the web 3 which connects the blockchain to the internet uh to websites so for example an nft could be used as as a license for a particular software like for example the the crypto babies so there's there's still there's a lot of utilities that haven't really been explored in full that NFTs could provide beyond just collectibles and and, and branding and marketing. Do you see there being any uh, effect on the traditional um, collectible markets like art and music? Um, you know th- those types of things. Do you see any? I guess negative impact on the the way things are done right now in, uh, with phys- the physical collectibles. Yeah, I, I do see negative impact on, on physical collectibles and and on the traditional art market. And and but in fact, I think that's a good thing because the authenticity of NFTs are easily verifiable. You just look on look on EtherScan or another block explorer and you see, okay, is that the author who created the NFT? Yes or no, and and the complete provenance is right there. 
on the blockchain. Whereas when you're dealing with the physical art world, it's the, they have these so-called connoisseurs who try to summon the presence of the artist to determine whether a painting is authentic or not. And uh, it's, it's really rampant forgery. And, and, and in fact, you don't really know if a painting is authentic or not in, in the physical art world. There's, there's no way to guarantee that. So with, with respect to NFTs in the collectibles market, uh, same thing goes. A lot of doctored you know, baseball cards and, and fake forged uh, autographs on, on items, you know, fake news game items. So there's, there's, there's a lot of rampant you know, forgeries in, in the physical collectible world as well. So with NFTs, uh, you know that the blockchain guarantees its authenticity. So I, I do see a negative uh, effect on the physical collectible and art market. But, I, but in fact, I think that's a good thing. Great. This is fascinating stuff, Matt. It, it, the book, again, is uh, the NFT Handbook, How to Create, Sell, and Buy Non-Fungible Tokens. Matt now F-O-R-T-N-O-W. Find the book everywhere, Amazon, uh, and uh, read it, learn it. Uh, don't miss the bus on this. Also, Matt, there's a uh, website uh, that you have, which is uh, blockchainguys.com. What kinds of stuff can we find there? Well, Blockchain Guys, that's a, just the, the blockchain consultancy. Uh-huh. So consulting on mostly uh, uh, blockchain issues, uh, that was founded back in uh, 2017. Uh, more recently, I also have uh, PowerUpNFTs.com. That's more of an NFT consultancy. So whether you're interested in, in blockchain or, or NFTs, you can reach me there. Great. Matt, thanks so much for being on Wealth Formula Podcast. We'd love to have you back again uh, in the near future. Yeah, thanks so much. It's, it's, it, this was great. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. I mean, to me, again, I'm still like my head sort of spinning about this stuff. Like, how do I get involved? What do I, I mean, maybe start out with the book, you know, start out with the book that uh, our guest is talking about and then um, move on from there. But I do think there's a great opportunity here. I do think this whole NFT and metaverse thing is going to end up being a much bigger part of our life. I can't even imagine in which ways right now, but it's going to infiltrate you know, a significant part of our entertainment, the way we do things, certainly everyday stuff like tickets and things like that. So pay attention to it, uh, do some homework on it, but at the same time, be careful not to, you know, start listening to, you know, people who have no clue what they're talking about and get caught up in some of these schemes, especially in the podcast ecosystem, which is often often the realm of, of charlatans. Uh, of course, I don't consider myself a charlatan, but there are plenty of charlatans in, in the space for sure. Anyway, that's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. Uh, this is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.
Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.